When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Railways. We use them to commute to work and go on holiday. They sprawl for our countryside and cut for our cities. But what are they, and where did they come from? This is the podcast where we aim to answer all those questions and more. Join us as each episode we delve into a different aspect of trains and the network until we're all fully-fledged railway buffs. Welcome to the In Training Podcast. Yes, this week we're looking at one of the most famous stories in rail. It's the Great Train Robbery. And uh, yeah, it's probably, yeah, one of the most iconic kind of stories there is, I think. So have you heard much about this before, Shannon? Bits and bobs. Uh, Yeah, I know there's a film on it. Not much, though. So um, I'm looking forward to being educated today. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, because I've got loads of information about it. Brilliant. Yeah, so it was an event from the Thursday, the 8th of August, 1963. And it was when a travelling post office train left Glasgow uh, for Euston. And on board, the staff were sorting the mail and parcels on its uh, way to London. But meanwhile, a gang of men were preparing to rob it. Yeah, so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of look into the history of this a little bit. So uh, what they actually robbed was a travelling post office train. And it's something that I've kind of like heard about before, where um, they used to transport letters and stuff on trains. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was a specific specific service called, yeah, the travelling post office train. And uh, these started to come about in 1838, after rail had kind of just started developing in the UK. And uh, the post office kind of realised, well, you know, there's potential here for moving post across the country in a kind of much more Mm -hmm. efficient kind of faster way because obviously at the time yeah they didn't have cars they didn't have aircraft so actual trains seem to provide quite a good way to uh, transport this across the uh, country yeah so in 1838 they decided to create the first traveling post office service and they uh, started calling them tpos and right. what was interesting about the TPOs is that they didn't just transport the mail. They actually were mobile sorting offices. So people would actually sit in the carriage oh. and sort the letters, you know, into you know, boxes to try and work out where they were going to go. And that was on route. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, I think that's quite interesting, just picturing these people actually like yeah. on a moving train doing their job. 
Yeah. All I can think of for some reason is like, you know, at those Amazon warehouses where they've got the, the big like robot arms and stuff like that. It's just yeah. them having that packed onto a train. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that being a thing today, but um, yeah, I imagine it was quite a, a grueling job to do back then and not yeah. jiggling around with all the mail. <laughs> I, don't yeah, I feel like you'd belt. end up like getting um, like the equivalent of seasick or something just like if you're into like Yeah, oh yeah, you definitely get motion sickness. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think I've, I think I've actually, I think in a museum at some point I saw one of these carriages and you can actually like walk into it and it's oh, like really? really cool to look at. They've got like the big sort of post bags and like all the little, yeah. um, it's kind of like wooden slots where they kind of like put the letters into. Oh, oh the pigeonholes. Yeah, that's it. Pigeonholes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like really interesting to look at. Um, I just imagine it to be like a big empty, like wooden box that they all sit in with the bags and stuff. <laughs> yeah i always think things from the past are like so far less advanced than they actually were in real life right. yeah well that's actually <laughs> like i kind of thought the same thing of like it seems really early to have yeah. something like this set up like 1838 like the idea yeah. that they were doing this seems pretty wild but it's kind of crazy how fast kind of things moved within that century i guess um yeah definitely i mean mm. That was um. When was the industrial revolution? I forgot. It was within that century. I know it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I laughs> Maybe at the end of it though. Not quite there yet. That's pretty early uh, mm. in the eighteen hundreds. But uh, they were certainly making strides towards it then. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy as well because you, you kind of um. I think there's something about this yeah post office train that kind of makes me think of like World War Two. But like they were established a yeah. hundred years before World War Two, which is like. Yeah, that's crazy. that's incredible. Mm. <laughs> I mean, a hundred years is a long time. I don't think people really realise that. You know, it's not just a couple of years or a couple of decades. Yeah, yeah, uh, it really is. So that's a long time before. Um, yeah, so the the number of travelling post offices grew into like a kind of big network across the country, all kind of delivering the mail, and they yeah. were used for over one hundred and sixty years. And they're actually only just sort of started to get phased out in two thousand and four. So, really? Yeah, I know. See, it, that seems wow. really well, doesn't it? They ran for so long. I guarantee that's because of Amazon. Everything <laughs> <laughs> goes back to Amazon. Well, no, that's probably around the time that services like that started to pop up a lot more. I mean, obviously, there's mm. always been the Royal Mail, but like you got UPS, DPD, all the other delivery services. Yeah. Um, so, I imagine that might be a factor towards it sort of phasing out. There's that's that that's kind of what I was thinking. Is it like it probably is? Yeah, a lot more like vans and trucks doing mm-hmm. it now, which yeah sort of seem weird. It almost feels like that's a step backwards. But maybe the train network just isn't well, good enough at the minute to do it. I mean, there's also like air travel as well. If you get an international mail, I suppose so. And um, obviously, you can put a lot more on a plane. Well, actually, I don't know. Depends how long the train is. Something. <laughs> 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 But that is true, yeah. I guess if you were if you're trying to get mail to Scotland, it would be a lot quicker to fly. I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, apparently some mail is still delivered by trains now, but it's like mm-hmm. far less, and they don't have like dedicated yeah. post office trains anymore. It's just kind yeah. of connected with other things that are also being moved across the country. Um, yeah, but so it kind of seems a bit weird that like. When you, when you kind of read about the heist and they say, oh, it's a post office train that they targeted, it kind of seems mm-hmm. like a bit of a strange choice. Like, wh- where's it the money? It is a smart one, though. Because, wow. 
yeah you want you want initially think oh what's the point in that but then you don't know what's going to be in the post do you wow, you know? exactly. it might be a pair of socks it might be a rolex you know <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah and I, and I guess actually the fact that yeah it doesn't seem as likely a target means that it was probably like yeah. not guarded as much you know people weren't thinking about the fact that it could be robbed yeah um but yeah the, the actual um the post office train that was going yeah, like you say, like it actually contained a high value package carriage. So uh, this was a carriage that, yeah, mainly consisted of like cash and probably valuable. Definitely Rolex then. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like just, just, just one massive bag of Rolexes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and and apparently, usually the the value of this uh, carriage would have been about three hundred thousand pounds. Wow. Uh, because there'd been a bank holiday weekend, they were carrying more uh, mail than usual. So the value uh-huh. on that day was two point three million pounds. Wow. Okay. Which is crazy because yeah. that's that's the value then. So in today's money, that's probably about forty six million. <laughs> what really? Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. See so I, think did I, it, um. <laughs> I imagine because it's going from Scotland to London, mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's why it seems so much because they might have. It might be like all of Scotland's mail or something. That's a really stupid thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) How many people do you think live in Scotland? (laughs) I guess I'm thinking of like, it's in the past. There's less people. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's true. But I don't even think like two centuries ago, there was that few people. It's not like Druid times. All My Reads gives you unlimited access to more than a hundred specialist books, from history to mystery, rockets to royals, planes to trains, bikes to biographies, and much, much more. Access the digital books across multiple devices, including your desktop, tablet, and phone. All My Reads is just $4.99 per month. Visit allmyreads.com to find out more. Browse the extensive range of titles and try your first month for just 99 pence. Get ready to browse and begin. The the train was apparently passing Leighton Buzzard. I didn't realise how weird a name that is. Um, and this was about 3am on the 8th of August, 1963. Mm-hmm. And uh, the driver, who was called Jack Mills, saw a mm-hmm. red signal on the uh, track. And that meant he had to uh, stop the train at somewhere called Sears Crossing. Right. Um, now, what was clever was the gang had actually covered up the real signal, which would have, you know, let the train carry on. And yeah. uh, they put a glove over the uh, bulb so they, the driver <laughs> wouldn't be able to see it. And, it sounds uh, like a wily e. Coyote skit almost. It does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, like the fact that they've like, set up this whole <laughs> like, like, like an acne sign. <laughs> <laughs> Should have put um, like one of those, um, like, uh, oh my God, those picture tunnels. Oh you know, yeah, kind of- yeah, like the painted on the side of a mountain. <laughs> yeah, something. that's it. <laughs> that, that would have been quite. That would have been a better plan. <laughs> yeah, it would have. <laughs> um, but yes, they managed. They managed to cover up the uh, original signal and then used mm-hmm. a uh, battery to light up the red lamp to right. uh, stop the train. And uh, yes, yeah, so the the train stopped, and the uh, co-driver got out of the train to try and sort of find mm-hmm. out what was going on. Because I guess that for them, they weren't expecting to have to stop for no reason. Yeah. Um, however, the, the co-driver, he was then attacked and thrown down a steep sort of embankment on the side of the track. Oh, no. Yeah, so 
this is when it starts to, uh, yeah, getting difficult for them. Um, so yeah, the, the gang kind of came out from the dark and uh, started attacking the train. Um, mm-hmm. A masked man apparently climbed into the train cab and he knocked the driver unconscious. Um, meanwhile, the rest of the gang, they were uncoupling all of the carriages that like, they didn't need, basically. So yeah. uh, they, they, yeah, they got rid of all the ones that weren't very valuable and kept the two most valuable carriages connected to the train, to, mm-hmm. to the engine. Um, I don't know if people are going to pick up all that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so and, and what was interesting as well, because I was thinking, well, why, why were they even leaving it connected to the train? You know, why weren't they just... Yeah taking the money out because they've already stopped the train why aren't they just stealing it already but apparently yeah. the um the embankments of this particular crossing were too steep to actually remove the loot easily oh uh, right um, so their plan was that one of the gang had spent a few weeks kind of like uh trying to infiltrate the rail service by pretending <laughs> to be a railway enthusiast and he eventually actually got lessons in how to drive uh trains and then what? the idea was this guy was going to take over driving the train and they were going to drive yeah. it to like an easier spot to take everything out, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's, what's quite bad for the, the gang that, you know, was performing the heist was that this guy who had like learned how to uh, operate the engine, he got into the cab and realised the train was a lot bigger than the ones he'd been trading on and didn't oh, know what no. to do. So it just, it was too complicated for him. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so they, yes, yeah, so it's, it's like a classic kind of heist film in the sense for like things start to go wrong. It's, it sounds so cartoonish almost. It's hard to believe. Like you'd it see really it in does. a Disney film. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, they realised that he wouldn't be able to drive the train, and obviously mm-hmm. started getting a bit panicked. Yeah. Um, so their solution was they had to reawaken the original driver. And force him to drive the train for them. Wow. That's a rough night for that guy. But like first he gets knocked unconscious and then he gets forced to to drive the train. They needed a drink after that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, uh, yes, they they awoke him and um, they, uh, I think there was some staff still on the train, but they basically like had to force to the back of the train and uh, they, they didn't harm them but they did sort of scare them, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, basically they set off the train, leaving the rest of the carriages at Sears Crossing. And apparently the staff in the other carriages didn't even know what was happening. So they were just, I guess they were just locked in and they just didn't realise what was going on. Um, but the the train and the most valuable carriages left. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so they stopped at somewhere called, oh, I have no idea how to say that. Uh, Go on. <laughs> I've messed up plenty of names. What was it? Bridigo Bridge or Bridigo? I don't know. Bridigo probably if it's England. Bridigo. Bridigo sounds more natural than Bridigo. Yeah, Bridigo kind of sounds too exotic somehow. I think like it's yeah, it does. Yeah, um, I go with Bridigo. So they they took the train up to this bridge. Bridigo. At this point, <laughs> Bridigo Bridigo Bridge, and. Uh, here they had uh, some Land Rovers kind of like waiting for them. And yeah. they basically created like a human chain of people where they were just passing the kind of loot on to the next person and eventually into these mm-hmm. uh, Land Rovers. Um, and uh, before they left, all the remaining kind of like hostages, I guess, 
um, they asked them to stay still for 30 minutes before they contacted mm-hmm. the police. And actually, this was a little bit of a clue when they were then investigating who the gang were, um, because they realised that their hideout was probably within 30 minutes of this bridge location. But yes, yeah, so the heist itself has actually been planned quite meticulously, and it proved mm-hmm. successful, you know, initially. Um, right. They are apparently estimated to have stolen, yeah, more than £2.6 million, which, yeah, is now worth £46 million. That's um, a pretty good haul. That's pretty, yeah. I mean, that is pretty impressive. <laughs> and that's the difficult thing about these heist things is that, like, even though they're, like, probably not very nice people, you can't help but sort of be a little bit impressed by, like, how they managed to pull yeah. something off like that. Like, that's, yeah, that's a lot of planning. I mean, they can't be idiots. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so they then split this into £150,000 shares, um, giving small amounts to some of the people who've like played smaller parts in it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, aside from the driver who was kind of knocked unconscious and the co-driver who was kind of like hit down the path, not many people were actually harmed in the heist itself. And they didn't even use oh. firearms, which seems a bit weird. Um, but maybe that sort of speaks to the fact that like because there wasn't like armed you know, guards on the train. They almost didn't need to. It was like kind of like a sitting duck. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of expected it to be an easy, easy job. Yeah, exactly. They're, well, they're, I'll yeah, say they easy, expecting... but like... <laughs> For the most part, it seems fairly easy, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so once they stole the money, they then went back to a hideout at Leverslade Farm in mm-hmm. uh, Buckinghamshire. And uh, whilst they were there, they were kind of like lying low for a few days. Um, and they saw the money into shares. And this is like the incredible thing that I had actually forgotten was a part of the story. Um, they apparently used the money they'd stolen in Monopoly games. What? <laughs> so they started playing Monopoly <laughs> with the actual stolen money, which is like... That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> not, like, for, not for actual gambling or anything like that, just a, a good old wholesome game of Monopoly. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't even yeah. know Monopoly was around back then. I don't, yeah, I, that that is a weird thing, but like, yeah, because it's 1963. So I guess, yeah, I guess Monopoly has been around longer than you'd think it has been. Wow. <laughs> but like you say, it's a weird way to celebrate. Like, yeah, let's yeah. just play a nice, like, gentle board game. <laughs> it's probably smart, though, not for them to, like, go out and splash the cash around everywhere, because obviously that just makes it obvious, but... That it's is true. A game of Monopoly, maybe a bit of Twister <laughs> later or something. Yeah, stay at home, yeah, play some board games. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so whilst they're playing Monopoly, a huge police investigation was launched. Um, and, you know, they're obviously trying quite hard to recover the money and find the men. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, whilst this was going on, the gang became increasingly paranoid that the police were onto them. Apparently they kept seeing like aircraft go overhead and they started thinking like, oh, that's probably them trying to scour us out. Um, yeah. Although apparently that was just that was just like regular training, so like they didn't need to be worried about it. But yeah. um, they thought it was the police coming. So even though they'd uh, planned to lie low for several weeks, um, they mm-hmm. actually decided to leave their hideout and try and like make it on oh, their own. Yeah. Um, but but before they left, a nearby resident became suspicious of like people coming and going in the farm, and mm-hmm. uh, told the police. And the police arrived. But after they had already left, um, yeah, 
And uh, they found a lot of evidence for obviously pointed to the fact that these were the guys they were looking for. So they found yeah. sleeping bags, bedding. Uh, apparently they left like banknote wrappers. Um, oh no. Post office sacks. <laughs> like they really just like left everything they needed After to. After all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is like the really funny thing is that one of the ways they eventually started tracking people down was because they left fingerprints on the Monopoly board. <laughs> No. <laughs> so yeah, that the Monopoly uh, board was their undoing. That's how they started getting caught, which is pretty amazing. This just feels more and more like it should be in, like a Disney or like a, a Looney Tunes cartoon. I swear, it's, it's so fake. That's the thing. Like, like if you, yeah, if you saw him on those films, you would think, oh, but that's not real. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need I need to watch the the film now that goes with it to see if this part's like about the Monopolies in it because. Mm. It seems like they've done like a really serious. Well, it obviously, is a serious thing, but it just doesn't feel very serious <laughs> when they're getting caught via board game. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't ever believe that. But yeah, so they uh, they were eventually, most of them were eventually caught, and yeah. uh, uh, in the end, they were sentenced to three hundred and seven years of imprisonment between all of them. Wow! <laughs> um, wow! And. Uh, despite the fact that like they had stolen a lot of money and you'd kind of think that, you know, even the ones that managed to evade capture for longer than the rest of them, you'd kind of think, oh, they might have quite a good life because they managed to steal all this money. But apparently yeah. a lot of them just did not live happy lives. Like it all just like ended in like further crime, like other imprisonment things, just loads of tragedies. So it's like, you That's, know. I mean, it, I'm, I'm not going to say it's what they deserve because like, that's horrible but like you did commit a massive crime what do you expect yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly like, everything's gonna be sunshine and rainbows and i suppose if you're already in the crime world it's not going to be just one job and then you get out of it no um it's kind of a lifestyle i suppose so it kind of makes sense that they didn't exactly have the most uh joyful of lives after no no but... <laughs> it might almost it might almost have been slightly annoying if they had like fully got away away with it because yeah yeah <laughs> you would hope that that wouldn't get rewarded but uh yeah no a lot of their yeah just ended really badly for them in the end um oh. if in today's world if you managed to steal like because they, they stole basically like you know cash you know banknotes um yeah. if you did that in today's world like where everyone's using cards for payments now and everything's done online like how do you transfer that actual cash into your bank account without looking really suspicious? Like Exactly. <laughs> like that's what confuses me. Like I mean, I think most of the the credit card scammer guys don't do that because they like mm. spend it on products that like they don't necessarily transfer money, they use your card to buy things with. Right. So it looks yeah. like that you've done it and that's when it's suspicious when like you're spending like, oh yeah, I've just bought a Ferrari is like, well, your bank will be like, that's weird. You don't normally buy Ferraris. Yeah. Um, and that's how they get caught out. Mm. But I shouldn't be tell I shouldn't be talking about this because like it might be giving people ideas. <laughs> but it's all out there on the internet. Everyone knows how it works. But there's loads of tutorials out there on the internet on how to scan. Oh, so it's like <laughs> tutorials. Mm. I people are so aware of scam callers th- these days that I mean they they're getting so good at it mm. i think so you just have to be like 
with the program and just figure out how to get a stressful this is yeah. a huge tangent from, <laughs> from train robberies to phone scam <laughs> i think it's it is an interesting sign of how things have changed though but like in the past oh definitely you know, there would be these yeah. big elaborate kind of heists and you could steal actual money yeah and like now, now it just yeah. takes someone with a laptop to to type a few numbers in and then they've got into your bank account it's crazy yeah. <laughs> so it's always updating lesson. passwords <laughs> yes good advice <laughs> so it's a lot less entertaining uh yeah <laughs> it's a shame <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i wouldn't say i don't want i want these heists to happen but it certainly makes a good story when you hear about like all these elaborate plans and schemes and stuff like that yeah on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.